Welcome to the first episode of Come to the Cookout with your host, Tazan Van Cleef. And I'm Brooklyn. Let's see what's on the menu for today, shall we? Who's on the grill? Where Where would you like to begin? There's a lot of serious things out there in the world. I mean, the thing that is most on the forefront of my mind right now as far as serious items is the next period court justice because Biden is appointing or has said that he will appoint a black woman because we do need some more diverse. When Obama was in office, they were like, no, 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 you gotta, we, you gotta take your time. We, you, there's not enough time because you about to be out of office. You know, a year and a half is not enough time to appoint anyone. And then the Cheeto just like threw everyone he could in there. And since Biden is saying that we, he is going to appoint a black woman. So I just want to know your thoughts. You know, I, I go back and forth. I was listening to it, obviously, when the uh, current justice said he was going to be stepping down in June. Obviously, thank you, giving us time. Because um, that was one of the kind of not no shade or hate against RGB is that they had told her like, hey, let's retire early. But obviously, that's the thing is when you're a Supreme Court justice, you have it for life. So you control your destiny and you control when you want to give up that spot. So um, my first thought, though, was... How dare the Republicans act like this is never been done before, never been heard of, when if you check the records, this is a remix. It's already been done. This is like Diddy coming on and putting on his little spin. I, I knew you were going to bring in Diddy. Bad Boy Records, we invented the remix. Uh, Reagan was the first person who did this because he was on the campaign trail not polling well with women because he said something he did something against abortion or something or right to choose rather excuse me and he was losing support so he floated an idea during their rnc and then said it on the campaign trail so how is this any different and that's where the hypocrisy for me is like you can do it but we can't well that's the thing the republicans are very much do as i say don't do as i do well let me tell you i think it's it's definitely going to be something to watch as we move forward in the next few weeks i mean he's not stepping down i think till march or excuse me until june but the confirmation hearing for the new justice is until march and i'm holding my breath i'm not even going to sit here and be like i'm excited i'm not going to sit here and say i can't wait because you know what i have been bamboozled before and I, unfortunately, don't trust the Republicans whatsoever. And again, it's a 50-50 Senate. So it's not like there's a, a great majority. And if I know one thing about Turkey Nick McConnell, he going to find a way to stall the process. So we'll see. I'm, I'll be here waiting. I mean, that's all we can do. Uh, and watch to see what happens. I mean, you know, in the in the last couple of years and weeks and months as, you know, life has happened with the pandemic and with all of the murder of young black people, it is is sad, but also it just it's baffling to me sometimes how white people are just shocked at everything that's happening or everything that happens. Like when the cops get off on their murder charge, you know, like, how is that possible? Like, we already knew this was going to happen. Like, this is not, this is nothing new to us. It's more shocking when they are convic convicted. You know, that's a tough one for me because I think we've both been in poor situations at time. And I say poor situation as in financial, right? And so as we've moved up our ladders in life, 
what can I say? We are exposed to new things. So it's hard for me to be angry with them because they don't know no better. You know what I mean? Like once you know better, you do better. It's like people who are raised in the hood. They get a little money. They get out of the hood. Now they're exposed to new things. Things that they never thought about before. I under, I get that. I understand that. But it's just, it, to me, it's the shockingness of the willful ignorance. How so? I understand that if you are not experiencing racism on a daily basis like mm-hmm. I do, because I am a brown-skinned black man, gay man with waist-length African locks. So on a daily basis, um, I know I'm black. I know I'm black. People remind me that I'm black. It, it, it does not go unnoticed when I am on, when I am am or am not on a Zoom call because I'm the only black. So it's just seeing, I guess, more so with the liberals that are just in awe of the racism that is that permeates our society, and then seeing like the uh, Central Park Karen who was a liberal, but then like had a care a moment with the black man that was just bird watching minding his own business with his dog and then seeing the reaction of that happen yeah the bird watching one pissed me off especially being in new york city i'm like come on it's funny you say that when you're talking about the liberals i think you know mlk just passed and what was shocking to me is all these people wanting to use his quotes his imagery like it's a throwback thursday first of all no because you are celebrating him now, but in the moment, you were vilifying him. You were making it very uh, attack dogs, prison. You can go down his long list of rap sheets, right? So in the moment, he wasn't there. But one of the things that always sticks out to me, um, and I have the quote here, so let me make sure I'm reading it verbatim. I want to quote the man correctly. I must confess that over the past few years, I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride towards freedom is not the white citizen's counselors or Ku Klux Klanner, but the white moderate, who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action who paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by a mythical concept of time, and who constantly advises the Negro to wait for a more convenient season. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection. So I think when you talk about the liberal, the liberal and kind of kind of what you were speaking to all together here is about I don't want to confront it. If I don't, I guess it goes to your willful ignorance. I guess you're convincing me otherwise. Because when you don't have to confront it, you don't have to deal with the feelings. You don't have to deal with, oh shit, I may not be a racist, but my great, 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 great grandfather, or (laughs) because it's only been 50 years when Dr. King or 60 years, your grandmother, grandfather, Meemaw and Peepaw, I think that people need to understand that you may not be actively racist, but because of the society that we are, that we live in, you benefit from racism. And just saying that, oh, I'm not racist, or my my favorite one, I don't see color. Like, I see color, 
every day. And like I said before, everyone else lets me know that they see my color. So I'm going to need you to understand and see what's happening around me. I feel like people are so shocked now that our black leaders are more aggressive, not, not necessarily aggressive, but more outspoken and active. But like you killed all the pa- the peaceful ones. Like Martin was assassinated. Mm-hmm. Malcolm was ass- Ma- Malcolm was more aggressive than Martin. But his whole thing was that he just wanted to be left alone. He just wanted a safe space for his people. You didn't allow him to have that. You just say that like you feel that the black leaders are more aggressive, and I feel like they're non-existent. I, I still come to the same conclusion because they've killed off all of our people. There's a cost to pay today that I don't think the younger generation is willing to. So for example, when you think about the Montgomery boycott, that was over a year. Could you imagine today saying we are not, we're going to pull our black dollars and we will not use Uber or Lyft. Here's a prime example. R. Kelly was canceled for what? A week? Two weeks, maybe? People, I, I still hear step in the name of love when I go down someplace. So we can't, we cannot cancel people for longer than 24 hours. In my opinion. Well, I think the the problem with that is because we don't control the narrative. Mm. Like if you are not controlling the media and the narrative, they're not going to focus on the movement. They're going to give you the Kardashians instead. They're going to give you Kim and Pete's new house. They're going to give you Rihanna's new baby. They're not going to give you all of the grassroots that's happening in the Black Lives Matter movement. They're not going to they're not going to focus on that. That's not the narrative that they want to portray. You make a valid point which leads me to how are you feeling about Miss Cinema from Miss Arizona and the filibuster child? I, I will be honest and I will say that I don't have that hot a take on cinema because I try to avoid politics if I mm. can help it. I know that they're not helping the democratic movement at all. They're not helping the people by going along with this filibuster. And this is it goes back but it goes back to the same thing about do as I say, don't do as I do, because the filibuster was utilized by Republicans to block black voting in the beginning. Know your history. And that's, I think that's what's frustrating to me is, and I, I don't get me wrong, all politics do this. It's not just cinema. The problem I have with cinema is, A, she's from Arizona. And if, if you know me, you know I love The View. And Megan McCain is from Arizona, and she would talk about fucking Arizona every chance she got. So anytime I hear it's a, a politician from Arizona, I just roll my eyes. It's just a natural, like, body reaction. <laughs> but two things with her. One, you played the bisexual card to try to showcase how you are progressive. Then you've courted the Latin vote. And the Latin people in the Latin vote are the people who got her over the top to be able to be in her seat. And if you listen to her old speeches because i'm a person who likes to see receipts is this always been where you've been or have you evolved and i don't know what it is that's making her take the position she's taking today but that was not her position eight years ago five years ago so something has changed i'm sure that there's money behind it i'm sure but there's money behind it do you understand oh my god I, what i can't understand in america mm-hmm land of the quote-unquote free for some why are you making it harder you know that person brought make america great i don't say his name but he likes to say make america great and they have actually took the laws back to that fucking time uh roe versus wade is on the chopping block voting rights is on the chopping block 
I mean, we the people in and of itself did not mean all people. So we can just start there. We need to just throw it all away and start over again. I agree because none of these things were written with us in mind, to your point. And I wonder, I wonder if there's a country that ever just said, you know what, let's rip up this constitution and let's start over. Because I feel the same way about the Second Amendment. You know, because the guns they were talking about, people, were muskets. They weren't fucking talking about AK-47s that can spin out 100 rounds in 60 seconds. You don't need a semi-automatic rifle to, to defend yourself? For what? Who is... Co- the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> Who are we defending ourselves from? And again, again, that is only for some people. Because if everyone has guns, that's not, not going to work. One thing that I like to say is that living as a black man, when your skin color is considered a weapon, you are never unarmed. So they don't want to give us actual weapons. You know what, for me, what would kind of like solidify that, hey... Nothing will change is when the five-year-old kids... Was it Sandy Hook? Was that the kids' kids? The school shooting? Yeah. When they spoke against gun violence and then the people were, like, condemning the kids that were victims of gun violence, talking, speaking out against having guns. And not even having guns, just not having a semi-automatic weapon because no one needs it. And I think what, what took it a step further for me is that you have the nerve to say, let's arm the teachers but do you see that's that's adding more guns you see that's adding and not subtracting we want to take guns off of the street and you're saying let's just arm the team that's a solution for you that's a solution instead of having comprehensive we don't even want to take your guns we just don't want people with mental illnesses we don't want people who have domestic violence cases anyone that has anything in their background that shows that they have been Maybe, you know, not the best citizen to have guns. You shouldn't be able to just go down the street to an auction and buy a gun. Or cross state you lines. Ha- make, the, make the process a little bit harder so that you have to think about it. Even if you, if you don't meet those other criteria. Like recently, recently, actually yesterday, I was on Twitter and I saw a video of a guy with road rage in Miami. So Florida. He's driving down the street. And someone that he, like, stops short so the person behind him gets upset and, like, blows his horn or whatever. And it comes to, like, come uh, on the side of him and throw a water bottle at him. And while this whole thing is happening, because he has a dash cam, so we're, like, watching this happen. um, He takes out his gun, like, gets it ready. And then when the guy comes up on the side of him, he shoots 11 times at the other car. And for a couple of them, his eyes were closed. If I could just clarify, you said he shot him one time, you said? Eleven. Was he was he in the Matrix? I'm confused. <laughs> was he leaning where he could shoot up? How, why did it take eleven times? Well, because for some of those, his eyes were closed. So he's driving a car, which is assault with a deadly weapon, and then he's shooting a gun, and part of that, his eyes are closed. So that tells me he has no training with that gun. Lock him up. Also, okay, so I was briefly in the military and so we had gun training with a a rifle but like what i'm now that i'm i'm just thinking about it right now he also that means he didn't have the safety on on that gun because he didn't he was driving with one hand he didn't take remove the safety the gun was just locked and loaded ready to go in his glove compartment these are those neighborhood vigilantes that drive me crazy so now you got me all heated i need to i need to come down a little bit because i am 
you know, I, take, yes. I need to take a take a deep breath. Uh, so I, I just want to transition over. You know, get, no tears, just tea. Um, what are, what are some hot topics that you want? Oh, there's about? so many to choose from. I would like to ask you your thoughts on this, the reboot or continuation of Sex in the City, and just like that, it's a continuation. Now you know I love Sex in the City. What you want to chat about now? Is it a continuation? Because I feel like these characters aren't the characters that we fell in love with in the original. Um, because specifically, I want to talk about Miranda and Steve's relationship. Because I love Steve. But I feel like the Miranda that is on this season is not the Miranda that I knew from before. Well, I think this Miranda, I think she is. I think what what they did was kind of what we were talking about earlier with the quote-unquote woke liberal. Because if you think about when the show started and or the the new continuation started, I was throwing my my cup at the TV like Miranda when she was like, "Oh, your ha-, like that whole hair," but that is the awakening of those people who have been willfully ignorant to what's been happening in the world. So that's kind of what you were talking about earlier. So if you can't have one without the other, in my opinion. So I just think that's her realizing like, oh shit, and putting her foot in her mouth. Okay, well, but correct me if I'm wrong, because I remember, I feel like I remember back in the Mm -hmm. previous seasons where there was an issue with someone cheating and Miranda being specifically like, it's the, it's the deception for me. Mm -hmm. And now she's cheated on her husband and then the person that she cheated on her husband with, she hasn't told that they don't have an open relationship. So she's lying to everyone. That's a, a slippery slope. I think for one, when we meet Miranda, what is this? Probably 15, 20 years later, I feel like from Sex and the City because they were 30-ish and now they're 50. A couple of things have changed. From what my understanding in the first or second episode, she's talking about how her and her man haven't, her and Steve who are together and live together, but they live together pretty much for their son, their child, who, first of all, he needs his ass beat, but that's a whole nother time and place for that. So it's not, I I don't even feel like they're married, married. I'm very confused. Like, obviously they confirm that they're married, but it's like they're roommates to me. Well, that might, that may be the case, but for all intents and purposes, they are married. They are a married couple. And if, you if there is a discussion about what the relationship is and wanting to step outside of the the bounds of that relationship then by all means i if you if people want to be in throuples and open relationships or probably amorous that's fine as long as everyone is on the same page and that's my problem is that she was just doing what she wanted no one else was clued in for miranda though she's been living her life for everybody else keep in mind she was the breadwinner who helped Steve put that fucking bar together. She's been dealing with her her son, who seems to be a little bit of a brat, for, I feel like he's at least in college, right? 19, 20 maybe, because he's got his little girlfriend over every day. Mm-hmm. So is she being selfish at taking a moment to live her life for her? Possibly. But at the same time, when do you earn that right? As a as a as a person, or should you continue to live your life for everybody else? No, it is saying that she shouldn't do what is best for her. What I'm saying is that the deception of it is wrong. I don't agree with it. I don't like I said. If everyone is on the same page, 
then by all means, do you. But like if Steve is comfortable in their relationship and just spending time together and their ice cream ritual and that is all that he needs if it's not a, if that's not enough for you then tell him that and if you want to if you want to leave the relationship move out of the bounds of the marriage tell him that and if you meet someone and you and that you that you fall in love with or are really feeling and they think one thing and you are a, in a different situation tell them that I just, I, I feel like there are just justifications for her cheating and I, I don't agree. I, if I don't want, I wouldn't want anyone to stay in a, in a situation that they are not happy in, but I think that it needs to be done where it is clear for all parties involved. A lot of relationships in general that I've, you know, thinking of friends, family members and the such is that a lot of times relationships have barriers because people don't want to be honest. So I will agree with you on that. I think even when it comes to like what you like, I think people get into these relationships for convenience factor, whatever the case, instead of saying, Hey, I'm getting into this because of a, B and C. I think same thing happened. I was just having a conversation recently with someone who is into kinky things. Right. And some people will throw something out there and say, Oh, I like to fart in people's mouth. Just for an example. Right. And you make an ugly face. I'm looking at you. You make an ugly face right now, right? That ugly face could then make another person shut down and be like, oh, shit, I went too far. And then so what do they do? They bottle themselves up. And guess what? They're not being satisfied. They're letting a piece of themselves. You could either say die, be in a closet almost, right? And so that's usually what happens, which then causes people, to your point, who will go out and be deceptive and shake a tail feather with some other tail feather out there who is open to the same things that they are or B, awakens something similar to how Miranda was awakened by Che. She wasn't thinking in her, in, in all this series. We've never seen Miranda be attracted to a non-binary person, right? And so even I believe there was a few episodes where they where Samantha has talked about being with a woman, whatever the case, and all the other girls hadn't been. So it's like, here's an opportunity where She's been dead inside for 15 plus years. And this person awakened something within within her. So yes, she could have been a little bit more upfront about it, but you may not know what it is until it's awakened in, in you. Because the other thing too is like, Miranda tried to give Steve a, a, a Steve a chance. She went in that kitchen while washing dishes and said, let's do it now. And he could not vroom 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 her engine. It was like, like it was turning over. I don't have a response for that. It sounds like I need to finish watching this, this season. So today you actually sent me a message and was like, you you need to add Janet Andrea to the list. And I don't know what that it was in reference to. So you explain to me what the... I'm so sorry. That wasn't Drea. That was actually meant to be Dre. But that was just to remind me. My, my fingers, my fat fingers. So... I wanted to kind of just bring it up because we were we have some football topics. It's football season. We're getting close to the Super Bowl. Exciting, exciting. And I want to ask you, do you remember where you were? When no, my first name ain't Baby. It's Janet. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Had a nipple slip. I don't remember specifically where I was. I know that I that was the moment that Justin Timberlake died to me. Because what, what you... 
what you not gonna do is throw Janet under the bus when you did it. So great. So you remember Janet having a moment, and I don't know if you've been watching any of Super Bowl kind of like media sessions and things of getting ready for the Super Bowl of this year. However, the halftime show is going to be uh, L.A. artists because the Super Bowl is in L.A. It's Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, which Eminem's from Detroit, don't ask me. Uh, Mary J., who's from New York, again, don't ask me. But they're all going to be on the Super Bowl uh, halftime show celebrating L.A. My question for you is, do you find it hypocritical that... Dr. Dre has been accused of and have had and has had allegations of beating women. Now, mind you, that may have been in the 90s. You're you're allowing this, but you crucified and Janet had to be uplifted by Tyler Perry, honey, to get work. Well, everyone involved the downfall of Janet Jackson can just suck a dick, honestly, because Timberlake is a piece of trash. We we also know from the way that he did Britney. Coca-Cola is garbage the way they treated Janet. They, I don't know if you know this, but Coca-Cola at one point was like after Janet. They wanted her to want to be a spokesperson. They And she was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to do it. I'm not want to do it, blah, blah, blah. So they were like hounding her. She finally agrees to do it. You know, get your coins, whatever. And then because Michael is on trial, they drop her. Excuse me? How am I responsible for something my brother is being accused? Because he ain't been found guilty in any of my courts of opinion or in the court of law. Now, that's some bullshit. I'm interested to see how the NFL kind of plays this because I don't know if you're also aware. They've also had NFL players who have been very uh, abusive towards their women. I don't know if you remember the Ray Lewis, which was, I think, about three, five years ago, where he hit his girl and was hitting her in an elevator. It was caught on camera. So it's just like, I, I just don't know if that's the right, not to be, not that I want Coldplay to put me to sleep like they've done in the past at a Super Bowl, but it's like you have so many other new artists like a Doja Cat, what, Megan the Stallion, like people you can choose from that are out there. You can have other artists that are like male if you want a male rapper, right? Kendrick Lamar is going to be there already. Like you could have gave it, given them more time. But to kind of put, the I don't know if you're aware of this, the Super Bowl is the most watched television show program every year or like one or two. It's usually millions because it's all across the world. It's one day. You don't have to watch it like five days of a basketball game or the Grammys who put you to sleep. It's like a worldly event and you're going to highlight someone of this magnitude. And I just wonder, do you think someone could redeem themselves from something like that? I mean, I think so. I but I, And the only reason that I say that is because... As far as I know, I mean, as far as I know, no one's talking about his past with allegedly beating women. And also, it's just easier for men to move past controversy, I feel. Like, th- these kind of things would be, like, career-ending for women. Also, isn't the NFL got enough going on right now anyway? Is it? Aren't they being sued by Brian Flores? Oh, that isn't came he out. Is it? Right, yes. I don't even... I don't even know that much about the NFL and football. I watch the Super Bowl and like, you know, every now and then I'll catch a football game. But like, isn't he suing like the NFL and then three different teams for racist hiring practices? Break it down for me. Break it down. Yes. So let me go back a little bit. So a few, you know me, I'm the sports person. Let me give you the sports cast, if you will, honey. So a few years ago, uh, I feel like maybe seven to 10 years ago, because when, you know, Black Lives Matter, NFL was trying to get on board, even though they you know, blacklisted Kaepernick. But again, we won't go there right now and get my blood pressure high. They started saying, hey, 
you have to interview a, uh, a person of color anytime there's a head opening job, whatever. Now, mind you, there's been two or three black coaches that have been interviewed six or seven times and never gotten the job. Now, Tazan Van Cleef, if, or I had a job and you interviewed seven times, mm-hmm. do you think that would maybe tarnish your brand, right? So that's what's been happening to a lot of these people. Now, in, in, in conjunction with Brian Flores, his class action lawsuit is all about the, the Dolphins, uh, the Broncos in Denver, and the Giants, if I'm not mistaken. And allegedly, what he's saying is that the owner of the Dolphin said that he was going to pay Flores an extra $100,000 to lose. So that way they could get a better draft pick. Now, the Giants just scheduled a quote-unquote fake interview last week to comply with the Rooney rule, which is what's been happening. A lot of these black, the three or four black coaches, the reason why they keep getting interviews is because they have to, by league rules, interview someone of color. And so they're like, okay, I'll interview this this person. Up, uh, he did, he quote unquote, he's not qualified, right? And then, oh, the Broncos did the same thing three years ago. They brought him in, had a conversation. Uh huh. Mm-hmm, great, you're so wonderful. I'm um, sorry, you didn't get the job. We're going in a different direction. So, you have a rule, but you're not enforcing the rule. And so, if I was to tell you right now, out of 32 teams in the NFL, only one head coach. And that's the homeboy of the Steelers. There's no qualified black coaches no. in all of. And the fucked up thing too is like Brian has been there for I think three years, mind you. They were when he took over, they were already at the bottom of the the barrel. They got a number one draft pick for a quarterback. He got hurt and was out. So how do you expect him to win games? You're competitive. You want to win. You want to do a good job. Like it's baffling. I pray that he has screenshots and shit. Uh, something that can prove his case. I heard that he had um Im- text messages and Im- emails. I mean, you know, when when you have power, you don't learn until you get taken down. So that's what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna need to happen. Oh, I heard your boy is retiring. Who? Tom Brady. He's officially stepping down after L- twenty two seasons. <laughs> Let me be very clear. You can tell wrinkled MAGA hat wearing Brady. He kissed my ass. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you something. I am a Patriots fan. Yes. However, I am a Bill Belichick, the coach, because he runs his organization like I run my organizations. I keep you at a distance. We we are here to do a job. I don't need to go to dinner with you. I don't need to go play golf with you. We are here to do a job, period. And I think that's how it should be. Brady got his little feelings hurt because no one coddled his ass. No one said, oh, you're the best. No, bitch. Do your job. And nobody, I don't care who you are, nobody in this organization cannot get criticism. So there was stories coming out, obviously, because since he is retiring after 22 years, 20 years in New England, two years in in, uh, Tampa Bay, like how uh, in their first, like someone had just joined the Patriots and on their first, you know, uh, training camp, Bill Belichick was yelling at uh, or pointing out the mistakes that Brady made. Why would I allow the quarterback to make a mistake and get away with it? Because then that means that you, as another player, is going to think that you can get away. No, 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 no. We run a tight ship, period. We're not setting precedents over here. You need to learn. You're going to learn today. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, it, I will be sad to see him go as far as like competition, things like that. But I think, you know, he's 44 years old. And not to be funny, it's a young man's game. You got 
you know, Mahomes. Uh, you got Burrow and Cincinnati who's going to be in the Super Bowl. You got the Rams with Matt Stafford. So, you know, I think he – I'll give him this. Being in the in the job that he's in takes a lot out of you. And his children, I think, are not – his daughter's nine. His son is uh, 12 and his other son is 14. So I'm sure he feels like he's missing out on some things. I, I've been, you know, I could definitely understand that. With this, he'll have plenty of time to go vacation at Mar-a-Lago and visit his friend. Well, so this part of the cookout, you know how when you're, when you go to a cookout and there's always someone either that shows up and you look over and they got like three plates, but they ain't bring nothing. So this is the part. It's just all gossip. Um, and I like to call it, she ain't bring nothing. Mm, mm, mm. I wanted to get your thoughts on the new bundle of joy that is coming into the world soon by Miss Robin Rihanna Fenty is pregnant by ASAP Rocky and black Twitter is all up in arms. They don't agree with who she has chosen to date because ASAP Rocky has a history of being a colorist. Ooh, that's a tough one. If, if he's accused of being, this is my thing. First of all, okay, so the funny thing is my girl Jax sent me a text message today and it was uh, a, a screenshot of a something from Twitter because the person's thing was deleted. And I was so confused because it was like Drake unfollows Rihanna and ASAP on Instagram. And I was like, girl, they be unfollowing bitches. I was like, why I care about that? And then the other one was like Drake waking up and seeing why Rihanna is trending. And I was like, I don't see Rihanna trending. I typed in Rihanna. Nothing popped up. Now when I type in Rihanna pregnant, now I see all these beautiful pictures and shit like that. I mean, I'm, this is my thing. Love who you want to love. I think that's our theme of the day because I don't, I don't, let me, let me say this and say it clear. What you eat don't make me shit. So let's say he is a colorist. He still chose her. So, and I believe, I hope and pray, Riri's smart enough. She ain't marrying the fool. So guess what? Her billions are her billions. And her billions can then be passed on to her baby billions. So why are we worried about her? How about we worry about your baby daddy who you ain't seen and ain't collected a check for? Why don't you worry about your baby daddy who you allow to disrespect you while he goes from baby mama to baby mama? Let's not worry about Rihanna. She mind her business. That's psychology because that's projecting. And so we project our own insecurities on other things that we can talk about without repercussion. Um, I agree. I agree. I think that if they love each other, they should love each other and make this work. And it's beautiful. They're bringing a life into the world. Um, I I did read something that said that he is, you know, he's addressed his previous statements about colorism and Apparently, I mean, because the whole thing is that he has made comments about black, dark-skinned women, um, which I, I mean, that's I feel like that's pot calling the kettle because you ain't like high yellow yourself, but you know he ain't beige, that, honey. He ain't beige. Like that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I think that I, if I'm not mistaken, he has new music that's coming out, and he has a song that he addresses like his insecurities and self-hatred and that he's worked on with regarding you know colorism uh, so i think that that is a positive take to 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 move forward with i feel like 
as long as he is not projecting though his own insecurities onto the child because i mean his mother is darker skin than he is and um so is rihanna's so like what if they have a, a nice chocolate baby i love how our topics are just kind of stepping stones to other things because i think this always goes back to who controls the media true what let's dive deeper right because i think as the black community that's something we don't do enough deep diving in and getting therapy why does he have those insecurities oh let me guess when you pick up a, a magazine a vogue marie Cl- calendar oh no that's a pie <laughs> marie claire right when you pick up these things they're showcasing light skin white uh armenian pick pick a race they're never giving you the darkest of the dark of that race they're giving you that so the media tells us what beauty is if i was a darker skinned male mind you i'm beige caramel as i like to say i would probably have insecurities now the media does give us what the standard of beauty is but i would also like to point out that black women are the standard because they are then copied because big hips were not in until they weren't on black women. Big lips weren't in until they weren't on black women. Braids and cornrows aren't in until they're not on black women. Well, first of all, Bo Derek is the one who invented braids. So don't come with that. Shut your fish. Shut the hell up. <laughs> when bitches said that, I said, excuse me, bitch. We could go pull up the, the artifacts on the wall. Bitches had braids. What do you think that was? What do you think that was, huh? Like, that's braids. You saw the little beads in the coloring on the hieroglyphics. You, If you don't take your ass back to 1000 BC and go see before Christ, before I send you to Christ, you better get out of my face. I know that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You better get out of my face. Woo! Got me heated again thinking about it. Got your pressure all up. Now I need something. I need some sugar. You want something sweet? Something to make you smile? You know I do. What you got sweet for me this so, week? <laughs> I am a self-proclaimed nerd, a geek. I love... Dungeons and Dragons, comic books, all of that. I run a D&D game. I play, this past Friday, an animated show based on the Dungeons and Dragons game that is run by Critical Role on Twitch was released. The first three episodes of their animated series. And it's based on their first campaign, um, The Legends of Vox Machina. And I am obsessed. I've been watching it on repeat. Now... I think you need to see somebody about that because I do think you have an addictive personality because you wouldn't do the same thing with Encanto and watch that 85 times. So tell me, why is this series? Okay, first off, Encanto is Encanto is the best animated movie of this of year. Of this year, okay, of this year. Okay, bitch. Because I was like, yeah, not of all time. You got to hold that. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, because because uh, Coco holds a, a place in my heart as well. Oh, Coco. Oh, Coco was a good one too. Oh. That was a good one, too. Okay, so tell me why the, you said Legend of Vox Machina, why it's the the creme de la creme with a cherry on top? I mean, honestly, it's just um, amazing storytelling. It's amazing storytelling. The voice cast are the original are the original actors from the show. They're all professional voice actors, so you already know that the quality that of the delivery of the, the lines is going to be immaculate, but the story itself is just compelling. The animation, if anyone has ever watched The Legend of Korra or Avatar The Last Airbender, it's the same animator. So you, if, if you, even if you don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, you don't know anything about uh, Critical Role, you can go into watching this show, seeing a great story and the animation is amazing. And it is not 
for kids. It is definitely an adult animated show. It is rated R, 18 plus. I think it might be 16 plus in the US. I know it's 18 plus in uh, Australia because I was watching, I've been also watching reaction videos to it. I'm like a kid in the candy store. I can't get enough. Give me more. I mean, I will say this as well. I've, I watched it as someone who's not, I am a nerd as well, but not in the Dungeon and Dragon world. I've just now popped my cherry in that within the last like six months of actually playing a regular game. Um, but I will say it was very enjoyable. From my understanding, these critical role people have over 300 episodes at three hours a piece. I was like, I'm not about to go do no studying and then watch 900 hours of backstory so I could get to know this. And the great thing was I could just pick it up from where, where I, you know, from just press play episode one. You didn't need to know any backstory. It was also, I mean, it's also very impressive that they, they kickstarted this show. Like they went into this they started a kickstarter and they were going they wanted to do one episode uh of an animated show just tell one story and they their goal was seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars and they made that in the first 45 minutes and they ended up raising 12 million dollars which went from one episode to a 12 episode series and then it was picked up by amazon prime to then have two seasons 12 episodes each and now there was a uh, interview with the executive producer and the ceo of critical role and they're they want to do everything the sky is the limit if if they are able to they will do all three campaigns they would do spinoffs but it's doing well it still has a hundred i think it has a hundred percent rating on rotten tomatoes right now well let me tell you I know one thing about geeks, as one myself, we will not let bitches or bots come and tear our things down. You're not going to come over here and try to just drag things like they did all these Marvel movies before they even hit the theaters. They was out here dragging bitches. You ain't going to drag Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I know that. That's for sure. They <laughs> That community is strong. What I, what I think is, uh, what fascinates me the most about this critical role is... It, it it inspires me. I know me and, and T were talking about this last week is like it inspires me to not give up on my dream and my and the things that I'm working on. A lot of times we can just be working on something for a while and feel like shit. Uh, it's a dead end. I'm not making money off this or it's just too hard, whether that's you going to the gym, you starting a new lifestyle. You I know T's writing a book like it, there's all these things that we have that we may not see instant results on. And I think what I loved about this is like, this was 10 years in the making, right? They started doing something just for fun, then said, hey, you know what? Let's put it online, grew a following. And what I think about, what I also think is what is so important about their story is they didn't do it for the likes. They didn't do it for the, you know, the gram and let's just get our, you know, things up so we can do this, that, and the other. That came organically and I think through that organic growth, it really has a product that is strong and true to itself. Like I did, I'm, I did go see Critical Role when we went to Comic-Con a few years back and it's fascinating, right? I, I was not going to go back to the beginning. Like I said, at that time, it was probably like episode 600. At the beginning of every episode, they say we're um, a bunch of nerdy ass voice actors that play Dungeons and Dragons and that granted they are like a business now, but that's the heart of it like they were friends that just played a game and they're and because they are 
professional voice actors are good at it. And so they could tell a story that was compelling that people wanted to watch. And it grew from their home game to this, the sky's the limit now. And that inspires me because, yeah. I mean, I know that recently I've been, like, like you said, I'm working on a book and I've been blocked for a while, but a lot of the writing that I do end up doing recently is writing my D and D campaign. Like I'm, I'm the dungeon manager for a group. And so I'm writing my own campaign, which then inspires me to go and think about my characters in my book and the story and the chapters that need to be completed and seeing a project like this that started with a group of friends that grew organically into something that is bigger than they could have even ever dreamed of just gives me the inspiration to kind of do the same and see where it goes hopefully yeah i think yeah you can never give up on your dreams i think you know that's something that i have been kind of just been thinking about for you know obviously new years new resolutions of like being present more and really being focused on what my goals are. And again, I think part of that is, you know, you don't, we don't know what we don't know. Like there are, we're put on this earth. Our parents are supposed to keep us, you know, if you're in a black household till you're 18, (laughs) if you're in a white household till you're 30, but you know, once you hit your age that you need to go fly to coop, you got to fly to coop. Right. And some people go to college when college isn't for everybody. Some people start a job and it's just a, a job, right? It's not a career. So it's like, you have to find that spark that, you know, gets you excited. Maybe it's being like Miranda and going out here and thotting and botting, right? But make sure that your business game is on point. If that makes you happy, do it. Just make sure everybody's on the same page. <laughs> make sure you make sure you're not deceiving nobody. If you want to be on, on Tazan Van Cleef's good list, honey, that's for sure. Be open, honey, not your legs, but your actual communication, honey. If you like what you heard, you can you can send us questions or comments at come to the cookout at gmail.com. That's C O M E, the number two, T H E C O O K O U T at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us at the same handle on Instagram and Twitter. For now, y'all come back now, you hear?